0: Today in the show, we have Sunny Lamba, a certified life coach who specializes in breath work and meditation. She is also the host of the Authentic Me podcast. Sunny helps high achieving women heal themselves through self-love and helps them overcome their self-doubt and crippling fear so they can step into their magic and live a more fulfilled life. I hope you enjoy our conversation. We believe in growth and continuous learning. We believe in educating and sharing knowledge. We believe the body is miraculous and is able to heal with the proper nutrition and support.
1: And we believe the right mindset is key to your success.
0: I'm Amanda Golightly.
1: And I'm Kate McDowell. And this is Limitless Health. Live well,
0: naturally. Welcome to the show. Sunny, thank you so much for being with us. We're so grateful you could be on the show with us today. And might as well just get rolling right into it. Tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do.
2: Thank you so much for for having me. I am like super excited for this. I've never been a guest where there's like two hosts. So I'm looking forward to this and I want to see how this goes. So a little bit about me. Oh my God, where do I even start? <laughs> um, As you said in my intro, yes, I am a life coach and a breathwork uh, breath and meditation coach as well. I started on this journey about six years back. I was in a job that I hated, just hated everything. I shouldn't say everything. I I enjoyed the people. I loved loved the people I worked with, but I did not enjoy the work at all. It was very boring. I felt I had so much more potential in me and I'm wasting my life. And on the other hand, I had a five-year-old who was spending his whole day at a daycare while I'm sitting in an office looking at the clock. And getting bored because there was not enough work. I thought I could do so much more. And I ended up having a breakdown. Me and my husband were in Vegas on a weekend trip. And as we were packing to come back, I just started crying. And my husband said, did I do something? (laughs) And long story short, I said, I just don't want to go to work tomorrow. I just hate it so much. Now, I'm a person who hates people who complain. My whole life, I'm like, stop complaining, do something about it. And that's when I realized this is what I've been doing. I've been complaining for last one year about this job and I'm not doing anything about it. And that's it. We talked about it on the flight and we picked a date when I'm going to quit and I'm going to figure out what I want to do so i gave notice but it was like 3 months later the date we had picked was 3 months later in those 3 months i spent a lot of time figuring out I did a lot of personality tests and <laughs> to know my archetype what is my dharma archetype what is my my big six and all that and the answer i got was the answer i always had i was a coach my entire life that's what i had done my entire life and that's what i was going to do and that brought me here. There's a longer story, but that's the short version.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's very a very relatable story for many people out there who are probably in a job or career that they just don't feel 100% passionate about and adding in the layer of having kids and you're basically paying for someone else to look after them when yeah. you could kind of tie that in together somehow. That's is really, I think, inspirational that you took that step and took that time to really discover who you are and who you, and really, I guess, validate the answers you already knew you had. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it
2: was, yeah. And it was long time coming. Like I know there's people who don't like their job and they want to do something. And I'm not saying that I made that decision like this. As I said, I was complaining for a year. It was long time coming. (laughs)
1: I love what you shared about, and I don't think people take time to reflect and notice that, but when you said, I hated my job, I hated everything about it. Actually, no, that's not true. I loved the people. And so very fitting that you, you're in a role now where you're coaching and you're working with people. And yeah. so like Amanda said, many people go through a position where they're like, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like my job. I don't feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. That was my experience in the past as well, working in retail. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was like, I there's I know there's so much more I could be doing but I don't know what that is. And when you can look at your job or what you're doing and say okay there's got to be something that that you yeah. like as a piece yeah. of it, right? And so you found the people. So I think that's really cool. Um I love the name of your brand. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that happened?
2: Yeah, sure. So the so the my brand name is Flothantic Me. What I get from that and people think different meanings, but my, what I really believe is women are put into cages and we call them flaws. So if I say, for example, oh, I'm short or I'm dark-skinned, it's a cage built by the world because Mm -hmm. I'm not the standard pretty height, the height that normal people should be according to the boxes, the cages. And we see that as our own flaw. Although who says that my worth is attached to my height? It's not. So we call them flaws. And the day we start understanding that they're not really flaws, they are our power. That's what makes me unique. Because if I looked exactly like you, Kate, or exactly like you, Amanda, what's the difference? It's just three clones. So whatever my flaws are, and I'm doing air quotes, as you can Mm -hmm. see, They're actually my uniqueness and my strength. And when I accept that, that's when I can be authentic to myself. And my most authentic version is what this world deserves. Where it came from, (laughs) I was sitting and I'm like, oh, I need a name. And I'm a perfectionist. I should say recovering perfectionist. And I was stuck in that place where you're like, no, 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 I can't move forward until I have a name. And we were talking, me and my husband, throwing different things out and all that. And he said, hold on. And he goes to the ro- his room and he grabs this book. This was in uh, 2020, June. We are in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, he was reading uh, the biography of, um, oh gosh, now I wouldn't remember the name. Yes, Hillary Clinton. He was reading the biography of Hillary Clinton and he opens it and he goes to this one particular page. And Hillary was at her university as a chief guest, as an alumni, Mm -hmm. and one of the valedictorian was giving the speech. And that speech was there in the book. And in the speech at the end, she says, we are all emeralds, emeralds that are rough around the edges. Hmm. And that's what our flaws are. But our flaws are what make us shine. And from there, that whole idea came and here we are.
1: (laughs) that's awesome amazing we went through a similar thing of like i can't move forward i can't do anything until we have a name with our podcast yeah and it was the same thing at the beginning it was like oh we can't get started yet because what are we going to call it and like push things back and forth and eventually amanda was like let's just start and then exactly right it'll come to you yeah i love it (laughs) so you touched on so many things there but The reason that you caught my attention and I thought, oh, we have to do a show together is you recently at Toastmasters, which is how we met each other, which has been such an amazing gift to all of us, I think, in the sense of being able to stand out, get out of our comfort zones, (laughs) uh, master our art of small talk, as we talked about yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you were talking about this silent retreat that you did. Can you share? Okay, so we have a bunch of questions around that. I'd love to know more about that. Because when you first shared that at Toastmasters, I typed in the chat, we were virtual, we were on zoom that week. And I typed in the chat private message to Amanda. Nope, 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 nope.
0: (laughs) And I agreed. (laughs) Nope, as well.
1: So (laughs) when you first heard of it, what was what were the thoughts that came into your mind? Nope, nope, nope.
2: (laughs) I heard about it in 2018, a friend of mine, not a very close friend, a Facebook friend, I can say, Mm -hmm. had gone to a silent meditation retreat and posted some pictures and said, oh my gosh, it was so good. I went on a five-day silent meditation and I looked at that and I said, no way. I love to talk. (laughs) Hence, I have a podcast and hence I'm on a podcast and I'm in Toastmasters. Like I love to talk. And, And it just did never even cross my mind. I forgot about it. 2019, another friend of mine mentioned, oh, I've heard about this Vipassana. That's what this meditation retreat is called. It's a Vipassana. And I want to go there. And right away, I remembered the other one, which was something else though. And I said, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I've heard about it, but I don't think that's for me. And this friend of mine said, yeah, you can do it, Sunny, because she is an introvert. She doesn't talk a lot. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. blah. She's like, yep, no way. You cannot do it. And I forgot about it again. I said, yeah, I cannot do it. 2019 is when we moved to Costa Rica and I started my meditation journey that same year. First time ever I sat down to meditate. (laughs) And if you, if you both meditate, you would know how that goes. Okay. So Kate, Kate is like saying no. Yeah. Like when you first time sit down to meditate or even when someone used to mention to me I'm like no way I can't sit still for that long or whatever my mind would go everywhere like that is when every single thought that like stupid things like why is watermelon green (laughs) like can you even imagine like random thoughts But that's when I started my meditation journey. And a year later, COVID happened. And I said, maybe I could do the silent thing. That was the first time when I said it, my husband said, no way, you can't do it. (laughs) Long story short, I think it was the right time. Of course, there was COVID in between, so I couldn't do it. And this year was the time since last year, actually, I've been saying, I think I'm going to do it. And then January of this year, a coach friend of mine went on the same retreat, (laughs) Uh, In Texas, she went. And when she posted it on Instagram, I said, yes, this keeps coming. I think it's, I have to do it because it's keep coming back, keeps coming back. And that's when I decided I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) What's the biggest learning or takeaway that you got from that experience?
2: Oh, there's so many, but I want (sighs) to say something before I go there. Of course. No talking was actually the easiest thing. So I want to give that disclaimer, even though I thought no way, but I think that was the easiest part. The whole idea of no talking is, well, the whole idea of this retreat is self-observation. Vipassana means introspection and self-observation. So you're sitting and you're meditating for hours, uh, the whole schedule. It's a very disciplined, rigorous routine, and they are very on time, on the hour. There's a bong that goes and you have to wake up at 4 a.m., And then you're meditating from 4.30 to 6.30 and then you have breakfast and then you're again meditating. So it's like 10 hours of meditation in a day. Some of them are mandatory in a big group, like in a big hall with the group. Some of them you can do it in your own room, which I didn't do all of them, but... The idea is to just observe yourself, observe your thoughts, no judgments, nothing is good, nothing is bad. You're judging, you're, you're you're not judging, you're just a third party, you're like outside person who's just observing. I am having this thought, but you're not saying whether this is a good thought or a bad thought. No judgments, just ob- observe, observe, observe mm-hmm. for 10 full days. So some of my biggest things, um, I think my biggest one was just being present and realizing. And I didn't mention this. So there's no phones. You have to give them your phone on day zero. They take your phone. So there's no phone, no internet, no books. You cannot write, like you you don't have anything to write on. And you can talk to your family. In an emergency, your family can contact, obviously, but literally, like you're not talking to anyone. So you're all just like you, you in your head, in your body. Wow. So my biggest thing, I think, was that being present and realizing, oh, my gosh, so many. So number one was that time is such a big subjective thing. Time was so slow. I would like we had one hour break after lunch and I would go for a walk and I would count my steps. And it felt like every five minutes I would look at the time and I'm like, oh, what? It's only, and by the way, I didn't even have a watch because you were not allowed to wear a watch either. Um, well, I forgot to take it. I, by mistake, I only took my smartwatch, which they took. I couldn't <laughs> keep that. So now I'm like walking here and I have no way to check the time. So I'm waiting for the bong because I know when the bong goes, this is our break is over or it's 10 minutes before the break
1: is over. And it felt like that one hour was like five hours long or something. <laughs> wow. Wow! Crazy how different that is from everyday life when you think of mm-hmm. outside of yeah. that. Right. And yeah. yes, there's so many distractions and being so grounded in yourself mm-hmm. and focused on yeah. like everything that's just right there. And in the moment and in front of you, it's like, we think of days and time just flying past. And I remember somebody saying to me recently, like, I remember being younger, and my parents would say, just wait till you get older. Time goes so fast. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> because we cram so many things in. So it's interesting how you noticed, like, that time does drag out when you're not. I, yeah. Yeah. And over- I think
2: that the, the other thing with time also is the distractions that we have in our world mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. and having no phone, no social media. It made me value time so much more. I realized that when I'm working in my business during the day, a lot of my business is on social media.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But when I go there to post one reel, I end up spending 40 minutes just scrolling. Yep. And I realized the value of that time that I'm wasting. I could be doing so much more in that time. So that was just one small thing, though. There was so much more that I realized I realized that mind over matter, the power of our brain, and Kate, you are a big example of that. Once we make up our mind, we decide that this is what I want and I'm going to change this or I'm going to heal myself or I'm going to do anything. Once your mind knows, nothing else matters. So we would sit for 10 hours a day doing this meditation and sitting in a posture. I didn't have a chair. I was sitting on the ground, cross-legged, your body tells you that, okay, move, just move, right? You want to move. You have pins and needles and you have pains and your knees hurting and your neck is hurting. Your shoulders are hurting by the, by day six, I felt like my head was a big rock on my shoulders. It felt so heavy and I had this pain in my shoulders, like these needles just from sitting for so long. But our our meditations were called sittings of strong determination. That's what they call it. So they say for one hour, try not to move. Wow. And you're basically building your determination. You're building a, a strong mind. And that one hour sitting there and just saying, saying it's all good. Nothing's bad. It's all okay. <laughs> I'm okay. And like you want to move. You want to just like stretch your neck. You want to just move your arm a little bit, but you don't. And that's the power of mind. Mm -hmm. On day four, they told us, first three days, they didn't mention the strong determination. So we would move and we would cough in between or whatever. Day four, they said, so from today, we are going to try not to move. And in that hall of 109 people, no one moved. It was just amazing to see how determined everyone was. And that's, that's very powerful.
0: And 109 people, I didn't realize it was that large. Yeah, it recruit. was big
2: actually, but <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, <laughs> there was ninety two students, and the rest was the staff, or they're wow. all volunteers uh, who cook and clean, but they also join you for the meditation in the big hall.
0: Okay. Must yeah. been quite the energy in that room then, with everyone kind of focusing on the same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's really amazing. I I felt so many things, so many magical things that I never believed in. I'm very scientific but so many magical things. Like one day during the meditation, I had a strong pressure on my third eye point. Hmm. It was so strong that I couldn't ignore it. I kept trying to say, okay, don't focus on it. Just, you know, just do your thing. Don't." But it was so strong, this focus and very strong pressure, not a pain, like a pressure, like someone's pushing it down or pressing it with their thumb. And it was amazing. And there were a few times where I could feel my blood in my veins move because you're sitting so quietly and you're only focusing on your body. Amazing. And I could literally feel the blood flow and it, it was so
0: amazing. This is kind of answering my question that I had. Did From this process, did you feel more connected to your body and knowing what your needs were and just any of the messages that you're receiving? Like were you more connected to that? Yeah, definitely.
2: I do feel I did a lot of healing during those 10 days Um, I didn't share in my beginning of my story, there's a lot of trauma that I have. I lost my mother at a very, very young age and I ended up taking care of my siblings. So there's like trauma. I've had previous relationships, trauma and a lot of stuff. And I really felt that I, those 10 days, I healed a lot. Uh, There was one day during the meditation when I have no idea why, but I couldn't stop crying. The tears just wouldn't stop. And I wasn't even thinking about mom and I wasn't even thinking about anything. I was just sitting there and I felt so connected to my body and just the energy that was stuck. I felt like it started flowing and that's when the tears started flowing Mm -hmm. because you know, we are always like, go, 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 go. And we never sit down to feel our emotions and we never sit down to see that emotions are energy in motion. And we don't sit down and, notice where is this energy stuck? And as I was sitting there so calmly, just within me, feeling my body. So vipassana is all about, you basically start from the top of your head and you go all the way to the tip of your toes and you go through every part of your body and you feel any sensations. That's the whole process. And you do it over and over and over and over. And as I was doing that, I think around my hips when I came there, I don't know how much trauma is there Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I couldn't stop crying and I didn't want to sob in that room. I'm like, okay, everyone is so quiet if I start sobbing now. (laughs) So, you know, the brain takes over. And that was, I think the only one day that I actually actually left the room. I had to get up and leave the room and they don't say anything. I left the room. I went in the bathroom and
1: I was like, okay, let's cry this out. (laughs) It's so interesting. And they say that women actually, that's where we store a lot of our trauma is in our hips and when it comes to like you said you go through all the organs and glands too like different organs in the body hold emotions if someone's dealing with liver problems or symptoms associated with liver there's anger that's often stored there um grief is stored in remind me amanda i
0: think it's lungs for
1: grief in the lungs like there's all the different parts of the body we hold on to those things there and so it's It's neat that you're connecting with that and you're feeling and you're essentially, like you said, allowing your body to go through that and clear it and heal it. Yeah, and so yeah, if it was uh, the discomfort in your hips, that's the tears is not surprising. exactly. Right? So, and wow,
2: I didn't know this, that the grief is in the liver
1: and anger. Wow, I didn't know that. I know trauma is in the hips, I know that, but yeah. wow, yeah, very interesting. interesting. Very interesting. Did you, okay, so there were 109 people there. Did you find ways to connect with any of them as well? That's actually very interesting. So on day zero, when you go,
2: you get started around 2 p.m. and you're allowed to talk. Okay. And the next, so at 8 p.m., then they give you the directions and all the instructions and that's when you stop talking. So that day I talked to a couple of people But that was it. Like, you know, after that, when it started, and it's not just language talking or the voice, it's no talking means literally no talking even from body language. So no gestures, Mm -hmm. no eye contact, um, nothing, and no smiling at each other. And People did like when you would go to the dining hall, someone would open the door and they'll hold you and you'll just kind of bow your head to them, not make an eye contact, but bow your head, just say thank you. That was a way of communicating kind of. And I think, uh, you know, we're Canadians. We just it's so inbuilt in us that someone opened the door. So I have to say thank you to them. But a very interesting thing happened around day five. There was a little trail which we would go and walk during that one hour that we had a break after lunch and then 30 minutes after after evening snack on the trail on day five i was walking i was missing my family that's i think that's the day when i cried or was that day six um anyway so i was like missing my family and missing my i have an 11 year old boy so i was missing him and i'm walking and suddenly i see on the trail, someone had written, I love you. Actually, it was I heart you with leaves and pine cones and little rocks and sticks. And it just felt so good. Just hearing that, I'm like, I needed to hear this right now. And it made me realize that we humans find a way to communicate mm-hmm. somehow, you know, those silent messages. And then next day, someone put me too after in front of that. Uh, the day <laughs> after that, someone said Forever. and then there were like little places where there were little hearts I did this in September by the way the end of September so it was the fall colors were changing there were leaves everywhere it's such a beautiful location and now we started seeing people make um, little hearts with the leaves and then our dorm room the residences the the door someone put little leaves there by the door and made a little heart or just stuck them in it was very cute the way we find to, we find ways to communicate with people. And something very interesting actually happened on day 10, we were allowed to talk. And someone said this, they said, do you think on the, so men and women are, by the way, separated Mm -hmm. and there's two different trails, different residences. And one of the girls said, she's like, do you think there were little hearts on the men's trail? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. And I said, "Hmm, I don't (laughs) think so.
1: (laughs) And I wonder what there was.
2: I don't know, right? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we women definitely, you know, we love to communicate and we, language is the way we we connect. Men probably connect more through physical action and sports or whatever. And I'm not saying everyone is different. There's masculine, feminine in, in all of us, but definitely I think we women connect more from our heart and all these messages. And it made me realize that even if there's no language, sometimes you can connect with someone just without even saying a word, without even looking at them. And you can still tell them that I care about you.
0: Yeah. I think it's that energy because we're all giving off that frequency. And especially exactly. that time, if you're all, I suppose, kind of going on a similar journey. Yeah. And from what you're saying, it's all a lot of love from that group. So that's, yeah. I think, that's probably what everyone was experiencing.
2: Exactly. And when you are in such a situation, everyone is so full of gratitude. I would see, and I w- I did that, anyone would, so there were sign up sheets that you can clean the bathrooms and you can take that role. And they said that only senior students who have done this before can take these roles. But then I ended up signing up for cleaning the bathroom. You know, you just want to serve, you want to give because you are in that energy of gratitude and everyone is in that spiritual energy. And then I saw people randomly just taking a broom and cleaning the leaves from the porch. Uh, the meditation hall, outside the meditation hall, there was a uh, a leaf made uh, in the concrete. And I saw this girl cleaning that, sitting there, just sitting there and cleaning the dirt out of that little design. And it's just such a beautiful energy that everyone is in at that time.
0: So, basically doing things for everyone there to yeah, enjoy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you experienced such a a powerful thing together. So I'm not surprised that like love for self would expand in that situation. But then once you're like, oh, you know, I feel really good. You want to project that outwards as well. Yeah. Yeah. You want to share
2: that with others as well, because you're feeling so good. And I definitely felt so much self-love there. So much appreciation for my journey for myself for all that I've been through and yes there were days when my thoughts were just going crazy they wouldn't stop Mm -hmm. and I had to somehow get them out of me I'm like oh my gosh I need to write this down there's too many thoughts and lots of ideas actually your creative side also is is really strong at that time because you're connecting with nature you're Mm -hmm. not stuck inside and with
1: devices and all you're out in the nature yeah, yeah you're not distracted right? exactly exactly you're not distracted <laughs> very neat so yeah. since the retreat what changes have you noticed in your life uh, or in you uh-huh.
2: um well number one i've been very consistent with my meditation I have been meditating for six years, as I said, since 2017, but I wasn't consistent. I would do it one day and then two days or whatever. I've been very, very consistent. I think since I came back, I've only missed two days and that's when I was traveling. So that's one for sure. Very big thing. The other thing I noticed is I'm way more present. I'm very mindful. I'm very present for example, right in the beginning, when I said, oh, I hated my job, I hated everything. And then I right away was able to catch it. I'm way more present, not just in my body, but in my thoughts as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging as much. And I'm not, I'm not a person who used to judge people a lot. But still, we all like we are humans, and we all judge. Let's be honest, we all judge. I think I'm way more aware now of that. And I'm able to look at the other person's perspective way more. And I'm a lot more connected with my body. I can feel when something's coming, is allergies coming. I can feel it even before it happens because I can, because when I sit in my meditation, I do the same thing even now. Mm-hmm. I do that same process. I start from the head, focus on one part, another part, another part, another part, and you move down. And I'm able to feel it more that, oh, something's not feeling right at, in my heart or something's not feeling right in my throat. I'm way more in tune with my body. My mind is more focused, for sure. My focus is so much better. I am like a little squirrel, by the way. <laughs> I, I, it takes a lot for me to focus. When I have to work on something, I leave my phone in the other room. I remove everything and I'm like, okay, let's do this. I'm a squirrel. But I think my focus is so much better now after the retreat. Uh, from family perspective, I what my husband told me <laughs> He's like, you're so cool. You're not controlling anything. You're okay with whatever. What happened to you? (laughs) I'm a clean freak. Mm -hmm. And sorry, but I would, and I'm not a person who'd be like, oh, you didn't clean this. I would just do it. That's me. Mm -hmm. Because early on in my journey on personal development, I learned that if I want a clean room, I can't force it on others. I'm doing it because I want it. So I should do it. So if my son drops some, throws his, socks whatever i used to be like pick up your socks and now i'm like no i just pick them i'm like whatever they bother me they're not bothering him so once he keeps seeing me he learned from that but my husband said wow like you're so cool if there's a little bit of clutter you just kind of like okay well it's there i'll get to it when i get to it you're not on the edge as much as you used to be i'm like are you telling me i was on the edge before <laughs> <laughs> awesome. but
1: yes so so people around me have noticed the change too Amazing. And because of who we are, I guess because of who I am, I love how you said about that you you notice so much more what's going on in your body. And that's what we were designed to do. Yeah. And now because there's so many distractions, there's so many other things going on. People don't notice what's going on in their body as much and the Mm -hmm. fact that you can see it ahead of time. Right? Like, we have a dog well our dog's pretty good but a lot of people will say that their dog knows when a thunderstorm's coming that's because the dogs are focused yeah in on themselves and they know what's going on and they feel the changes and they feel the different vibrations and we can do that for ourselves exactly our actually
2: something very interesting happened i'm i'm not a big person on taking the pills But I do get a lot of headaches and I try to say, okay, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to, but then finally I'm like, okay, you know what? I can't, I need to get stuff done. So I'm going to just take an Advil or something. But since I came back from the meditation retreat, I feel like I'm healing way faster and I'm able to see that when it comes and I'm able to say that, no, my body can heal itself. And because I'm so in tune with my body and my mind is more connected with my body, Mm -hmm. I haven't got a single head, one of those crazy migraine headaches that I used to get. I haven't got a single one. One day did start a little bit, but I was able to like say that, no, this is going to be okay. I'm going to go meditate. That's fantastic. And I came to my meditation spot. You can see it. It's right behind me there. <laughs> and so I came down to my meditation spot. I sat down and I just spent an hour there and my headache was gone.
0: Amazing. I, yeah. I assume through the process of you healing some traumas and emotion, related items, you were able to get to this place of it's a new level for you as far as I guess frequency, maybe you're at a different, uh, I don't know, dimensions, the right word, but you know, your frequency has changed from that experience.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I truly believe in the power of meditation. I feel that when you sit down and just, and I'm not saying that you have to do the traditional way of meditation, that you sit down, cross leg, no, you can be in flow state. You can be biking and be in that flow state where you're not in your mind, but you're in your body. You can be going going for a walk or exercising or anything like that where you are out of your mind and you're in your body. That's meditation. Yes, you can take it to the next level where you're sitting down in a posture, not moving. That's like another level. But I really believe in the power of meditation because it makes you go into that alpha state of mind where you're not like thoughts, 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 thoughts. You're able to Mm -hmm. calm down those waves inside your mind. And that is where you start healing yourself because the reality is that so many of our illnesses are Mm -hmm. stress-related. You know, the chemicals from the brain, the stress. So when you can calm that down and if you can control those waves, you can heal yourself. Absolutely. I think that's an
0: important thing to highlight for everyone listening that you can heal yourself. That is an ability that we all have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another question I have for you. So when you look back and we talked from the beginning, you said someone mentioned the silent retreat or you heard about the silent retreats years ago. And from that point, the seed was planted. Yeah. Right. And other things happen. You hear about it again and you hear about it again and you hear about it again and it's when you get to the point where someone says the right thing, your awareness shifts and then your mind opens and it's like, oh, this is what I need to do. Yeah. What advice or what message would you like to give to other people who are getting like the the drips of different things, but then are holding back because of fear or because of other reasons?
2: Yeah, the only one thing I would say is Listen to your gut feeling. And sometimes we don't believe it because we are so in tune with the world outside of us that we think, is this my gut talking or is this my brain talking? It's very interesting. And so just know that difference between whether it's your gut feeling telling you to do it or if it's your brain. Gut feeling is usually very quiet brain is usually very loud the fears are very loud and persistent but gut feeling is very small little talk it doesn't make you feel anxiety or or fear so listen to that gut feeling and if you don't know what your gut feeling is trust the first thought that comes because usually the second and the third and the fourth are the fear fear induced ones so if you felt something you heard something let's say you heard something on this podcast today And you got that first thought that I should do that. And I'm not talking about silent meditation, maybe just sitting and meditating, maybe just going for a walk, anything you heard today, let's say, and you felt I should do that. That first thought that comes usually is your gut feeling talking. And I would say always, always, always go with it. Listen to your gut. What's the worst that would happen? Nothing. What's the worst if you meditate? What's the worst if you start tuning into your body? I'm pretty sure it's going to be something positive. So that's my one advice that if you're scared, if if fear is taking over and you want to do something in life, you want to change something in your body, in your mind, in your health, in your profession, in your money, in your relationships, you want to change something, sit down and ask yourself. Your mind can give you the answers. You just have to set the intentions clearly you just have to ask before going to bed ask a question and when you wake up you'll have an answer most of the time but for that we all need to slow down and we all need to really connect
1: with ourselves
0: yeah no kidding
1: I love it um is there anything else we talked about a lot of stuff today which was great we covered a ton of things and thank you so much for being here is there anything else you would like to share with people before we go I would say, so I'm all about
2: self-love. That's really big for me. So I want to say one thing. When people talk about self-love, they get confused with massages and vacations and pampering themselves. But I want to say that loving yourselves is not all roses. There are the thorns. There is times when you have to go through that muddy, icky, shadowy place And you have to dip your toes in there and go through the dark place. And that's the real self-love. And a lot of people don't slow down, don't meditate because they're scared of their feelings. They're scared of feeling the emotions. But that is the true self-love. When you are like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to cry. I'm ready to feel the pain because I have to go through that to emerge on the other side. So that's my little nuggets of wisdom
0: <laughs> as far as what you do cuz i know you do coaching for is it specifically women
2: yeah i specifically work with women do
0: you want to talk a little bit about that and so and then also how people could get a hold of you if they want to work with you yeah sure
2: so i help women and as i said it's all about self love i help women overcome their self doubt all those fears that are coming up the limiting beliefs and Realize that they're magical. They have so much power in themselves once they start believing in it. But for that, again, what I just said, my nuggets of wisdom, they have to <laughs> go through, do that shadow work and get emerged on the other side. So I help women do that. And that could be in any area of their life. I work more with business women, but I have mm-hmm. worked with women who are having relationship issues. But it all ends up being self worth. It all ends up where you are not really valuing yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I do have a membership as well, where I do group coaching to find me. The easiest way is Instagram at Sunny, S-U-N-N-Y underscore Lamba, L-A-M-B-A.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for being on with us. We greatly appreciate your time and having the conversation and just diving into the world of uh, silent retreat. Cause it was very interesting to hear your takeaways from that and what you could share with everyone. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you for having me. And if anyone is interested in the silent retreat, I just wanted to say that like just Google Vipassana silent retreat. Maybe you guys can put that in the show notes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they have centers all over the world and it's a free retreat. You don't pay a penny. That's what I really like about it. You have 10 days of accommodation, food, meditation, and so much value that you get from that. And it's all volunteer based and donation based. They don't take anything from you. Um, you can't even donate actually, if you're not a student.
0: So they won't take your money.
2: They won't take your money. If you say, I want to donate and then come, they're like, no, first you have to come finish the course. Then you can donate.
0: Wow. That makes so much more sense to why everyone was chipping in and, and uh, helping out. That's really exactly.
2: Exactly. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. So yes, we will post all of that in the show notes for sure the links to how to get get in contact with you, your website, your um, Instagram, I follow you on Instagram, and you share lots of great content there. So if you've listened to this, and you found that there's value, or there's something you want to share, share it with friends, share it with anyone you can think of who could gain some something from listening to this. And if you wanted to reach out to Sunny, I really hope you do, because she's fabulous.